Welcome back to Double Dose. I'm your host, Daniel. And I'm your host, Depesh. And we're here to take it from Earth to the catacombs of London. Oh, I'm going to check that out for myself. Do, do you know what they are? <laughs> I don't. Daniel, Daniel. Uh, we're uh, getting a bit of fame on TikTok, dude. One of our we're videos. Blowing up. Uh, over 200K. 10 billion likes, you've, baby. You've somehow uh, started a massive debate about religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I wanted to ask you, and this was just um, a thought I had, and, and let, let me know if this sounds really stupid. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, uh, so, and, and sorry, for those, of, for those of you listening and following along, um, I'm, f- I'm referring to a TikTok clip um, that we uploaded about Daniel discussing the uh, head transplant video. Yes. Um, so I, w- I was wondering, uh, for this head or body transplant, Yep. Do so, so. So, say for instance, I get a hand transplant from another person. Yes. Do I absorb a bit of that person's DNA, or is there enough of me to override that person's DNA, and that becomes my property? your cells? I believe it's your cells take over the the cells of that body. Would there be a little bit of that? That's why person you have to be me? the same blood. Nah. Not at all. It's not like Seinfeld where Kramer's <laughs> and Jerry's like, I can feel them borrowing stuff from my blood. <laughs> I just like to think like all the cells that make up that person's hand are somewhat in me. Just in the background, they're just there. And, and what if there's just one genetic trait of theirs that just gets, I absorb it. I absorb the power of them. That's like saying though, I absorb the cells of an animal that I eat. But it's not living tissue. Yeah, it is. You can eat an animal alive. Mate, you kill it. Who's doing that? Well, people who do it. I'd say it's a different species. It doesn't affect you. But I'm saying <laughs> oh, like okay. for adaptation, there's, you know, like if you if a couple gets together and have an offspring, that... What do you offspring... think the hand's just going to come alive though and start doing stuff No, no, no. Like I, I just like picture like say the person that um the hand came off had a uh, uh, an aversion to something... And then you had a kid and that kid develops that aversion. Is it because the, it came from that person's hand and your body absorbed that that trait? <laughs> the cells? Yeah. The cells? Well, okay. Then, it's, then information, you're right? the, it's information, right? Yeah, you're talking in about the, what's called when we, we are the super, super organism. So, you know, I did a lot of research into looking at how the body works and why it works the way that it does and that... There's so much stuff that happens on the subconscious that we don't even Mm. um, think about, right? So, you know, how our cells talk to each other. It's like, okay, we're we're a mass of of, uh, millions of cells and trillions of cells doing stuff that we're not in control of. So, do you think it's somehow translating some of that knowledge across the body that we're not even perceiving, but it's just genetically being... Yeah, it's just in the back. It's, it's, it's It's just added to the code. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's possible that, you know, even, um, you know, getting the flu or a virus alters your DNA right. slightly. Mm-hmm. So, possibly it's doing something like it's genetically gearing you up for some sort of knowledge that the cells might have had. Yeah. Like, what if like what if you have a kid and, um, you know, you've passed down something that wouldn't have affected you, but it's now written into your DNA code because you've absorbed someone else's DNA and it's added to your DNA so therefore, it's like you're not even my kid. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you're you're you got a little you got a little dash of this other person in you. you right. you're, you're mine and my wife's kid, but yeah, you got a little dash of something else in you. 
Possibly. Just in the background happen. there. Could happen. We might not check it out. But you know, this you know, you you develop something or you have something in you that, that we didn't pass on to you. Right. I wonder. Or the or there's some, definitely a doctor out there just being like face palming right now, like these guys are so dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> these guys have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> but to say you know the answer scientifically hundred percent is bullshit because how many times science has changed it? There was a point in life where they're like, the earth is fucking a cube. Yeah. And you're going to fall off the side. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you go too far, you're gone. Yeah. And that was fact. And then the person that said, well, it's round. Well, they were killed. That's it, mate. So who knows? I would love to believe that I'd like on to some think that. level, genetic level, something is being transmitted. You got a little across. bit of information added to you your code. You got a little bit, a little bit. But it's like how, what does the cell of your hand actually involve? Do you know what I mean? Like how much information does the hand cell send to the body? While like versus your stomach might be completely different. I like to think that like, you know, I could take your fingernail or a strand of your hair or your saliva and your DNA is apparent in all of those things. So your DNA is just code all over your body yeah yeah so i'd like to think that the hand ah, okay. not so much it's like the dominant thing from taken from you but it has just as much information about your body as any other part of your body yeah that that's i say that that's true so so attaching your hand to mine and you know um everything goes well a little bit of your information added to my dna sequence that's cool i just thought of that and uh, and and uh, someone in the comments raised a very interesting point, and, th- and this is what got me to think. This is like, if that person um, had a kid, whose kid is it? Ninety nine point nine percent, it's your kid. The bodies, yeah, or the head, because the head's the one that's alive, right? You're ch- you're a changing person every single day. You know, you're not the same person you were yesterday. Whose sperm every is created years, in that every body? Se- yeah, every well, unless you had the nutsack replaced by someone else, I'm pretty sure it's yours. But even still, but it's in this like, body transplant, it's a whole body, right? Yeah, 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 but it's still your brain. Yeah, but it's someone else's whole body. Yeah, but uh, how much effect does the body have on the brain? No, I'm saying like uh, if you, if I if I use that new body and had a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, whose kid is that? That's an interesting question. Yeah. That was a very interesting question someone put. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's my kid mentally, but that's not my body. I didn't make this kid. It's not. Well, you'd have to see what the body does. Does the body adapt to whatever the brain is? Right. Or is it the spinal fluid somehow starts changing? Like the DNA that's in my head, does that is that what goes into my sperm? Or is the body that already had the sperm from the previous person, that that's just the same type of if sperm. If you're translating a whole body, then that's some real shit. Isn't that what's happened though? It's not a head transplant. It's essentially you're swapping the body onto yours. Because we've we kind of essentially talked about how we're our head. The consciousness is the consciousness would stay the same. Yeah. Well, we we hope so. And I, I would assume the new so. body is like. Does 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 all of me just go and just take over the whole body, or am I just operating a foreign body? Yeah, that's cool. Um, I wonder. I don't know what happens, but the blood, your blood has to be accepted into the new body. Do you think um, that because the brain is like in control of all the cells' functions and stuff like that, um, 
that you it could somehow just, like overtakes. Like yeah, like the skin could change back to the skin that you had on your 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 head, like your your. I body. don't think the skin changes because I've seen people get transplants with the different colored skin and it cha- it stays the same. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's like where do you draw that line? Of yeah, where the DNA starts and then it ends. That's pretty freaky. interesting thought, man. Interesting. I like that. I think I would want to hope that I'd really have to look into it. I had I have heard a story years ago where this child was very ill, and so you know how like with certain types of blood, there's a there's a person that can donate to anyone, and there's a person that can receive from anyone. Do you know this? Yeah. So it's like universal donor, universal receiver. Then there's these these two can give to each other and this one can give to each other or this one can only receive from this one. Yep. There was an instance where years ago where a young girl who was very ill and I think went un- underwent a bone marrow transplant or something ended up taking on the... received so much blood from another donor, another bat, like so many bags of the same blood that her body took on a new blood type. Wow. Only one recorded case ever. That's really cool. Yeah. So, the, their body changed blood type. My Didn't mom, think it would be possible. That's really interesting. My uh, my mum has that one of the rare blood types. What is it? Do you know? AB negative, I believe. Oh, shit. That's the super rare one. Mm-hmm. That's like less than 1% of so the population. So, she can donate to anyone. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's the the rarest one, I think. AB negative. AB negative or AB positive. What are you? A positive. Okay, I'm O positive, which is the one that can, I think, get from anyone. Yeah. Pretty sure. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I I had it wrong. O positive is the most common, so it's the one they're looking for the most. Yeah. You can you can spread it out a bit a bit more. Well, yeah, it's the most common, so it's the one they're always asking for. Yeah. I donated once and they Never stop bugging me. Oh, right. I've done it twice, I think. But mm. this was, um, I think I was in high school around yeah. this time. Yeah. When the uh, the fluid comes back in after, did you get that? I did a, I did a plasma donation. No, no, I didn't do that. And just they, the blood. they, they took, they took, so what they did was they took the blood mm. and filtered the plasma out of it and put the blood back in. Really? Yeah. And, but then after that, so what was, ends up coming out is yellow. I thought they just separated it back where they when they no, got no, the blood. No, no, they put the blood back. How crazy is that? They I would have been like, just keep it, dude. Keep it. No, they they didn't. They didn't keep it because they said I think they could only do one. But when they put the saline back in, that shit went in so fast. It was like a whole bag went in within a minute. Jeez. And it was so cold. I was like, whoa, that's freezing. Yeah, Because yeah. it was just like, whoosh. And your whole arm just dude, gets cold. You know how cold. like when you get fluids in hospital, it's like drip. Yeah. Drip. This thing was like whole bag just going. It's like your body was drinking was like, it. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was so freaky. Two friends of mine that I was with, they were having a race to see who could donate, the, fill the bag the quickest with blood. And they were like pumping the little thing to be like, I need a, it's a race to donate the blood quicker. I just quicker. kept squeezing it as much as it asked me to. It was my first time. I was just I like. so. It, it, I was like, well, this is like freaky. F- ages. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it took a long time for me yeah. as well. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, but so yeah, I don't I don't know what that means about changing your blood type, how significant that is, or, or what that means for the body. But it, they didn't think it was possible, and then they checked hmm. her blood and said it's different than last Interesting. time. Interesting. So yeah, she's like it was like maybe seventy five percent or eighty percent from another person. So the body's like, ah, oh, this is the main one now. Yeah, but it's so crazy that the body Dude, can adapt. The like DNA that. overrid it. Yeah, the DNA took over. It's like, are you that person's blood now? Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're not me. You're my blood. I've taken over. I've come back. Wow. I'm blood. 
Wow. And That's there's like DNA some vampire blood. shit. There's DNA in blood. There is. Interesting, dude. There's DNA in everything. It's DNA We're breaking down scientific walls right now. Totally. Yep. Dude, that's crazy. Um, if you if you don't mind, man, I got another little James Webb telescope update. <laughs> yeah, <careful laughs> my, my beloved James Webb telescope. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dude, the reason I'm bringing it up all the time is because it's it's ridiculous, man. This thing's cutting edge. It's 100 times more stronger than the Hubble Space Telescope. It's designed uh, to be like super sensitive to infrared light, uh, infrared light, and it's so sensitive. I read this up. Um, it's so sensitive that it can detect the heat coming off a bumblebee from the <laughs> distance from us to the moon. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's, that's so, so, so cool. sensitive. The gold coating that's on the mirrors is so fine that it's 1,000 times thinner than a human hair. Oh my God. It's like these, and it's, I think it's made up of 18 mirrors and like, so they can get like as many um, photos as it can. And I remember seeing this whole diagram breakdown of how it brings in the light. It was really cool. But um, right now um, it's been hyper-focused on a nearby exoplanet called Proxima B. Uh Uh, Proxima B was only found in 2016, so it's not it's not a um, very old discovery. Mm-hmm. And um, the planet itself is actually very similar to our Earth. It's only 4.2 light years from Earth and is only 17% more massive than our Earth itself. Um, it revolves around its sun, which is called Proxima Centauri. Um, it orbits around its star completely in 11.2 days, which is pretty, That's pretty short. That's freaking quick. Very, it's, it's very close to its sun. Um but so it'd the, be super hot or no? The sun itself is uh, considered a red dwarf. So it it receives roughly the same amount of energy that we receive off our sun, even though it's that close to its sun. Okay. Um, it's just not um, as powerful as our sun. So are they doing that because they think potentially that's a good place where they think life might occur? Well, yeah, it's, it's in its Goldilocks zone for its um, system. So uh, they, they know that if, if it does have an atmosphere, then it is in the perfect spot for... Uh, water to evaporate uh, sorry to to liquefy and obviously um, as far as we know water is the building block for life how far away is it because i know for instance in our galaxy because we're carbon based that that's important to have water but you know on a distant galaxy far far away they might have mostly made of iron Mm. so they might be life forms coming out of iron well this is this is for us because we know that um there's a high chance of something being developed the same way as us. That's why we're, yeah. we're, we're looking at it a lot. So, is it close to us? So, it's uh, 4.2 light years from Earth. So, it's... it's oh, six, that's pretty it's, close. It's close in terms of like uh, as far as Earth-like planets are. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it's, pretty It's cool. very close. Um, so, you know, there's peeps other places where it's like 20,000 light years yeah. away. I'm like, oh my God, we're never getting It's there. ridiculously far. Uh, so, actually, four, only four light years 4. away. 4.2 light years away from Earth. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's very good. And um, right now... Um, I think uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting to that a little bit later on. Yep. Um, so uh, a couple of more facts about uh, Proxima B is um, it's tidally locked to its star Proxima Centauri. So it's like the, our moon. It's just got one. Um, oh, it's not side. rotating on. Yeah, it's not rotating. Yeah. It's one side is per- permanently fixed to um, facing its star. Yep. Um, a team of researchers in Europe have been using this um, thing called a shell spectrograph, which is um, using the information taken off uh, the James Webb telescope. And um, they think that they have enough information to support that there could be some life on Proxima B. 
Um, the Swift's made spectrograph observes objects and splits the light coming off the objects into different wavelength, wavelengths okay. so it can figure out what um, the object is made up of. And uh, they're doing this in hopes to find if there is any artificial light coming off Proxima B. And um, the, the, they're, they're um, theorizing that uh, there was a, um, what's his name? It was um, a Harvard astronomer called Avi Loeb. He's proposed that aliens that are advanced as us could be using artificial light to illuminate and spread to the dark side of their planet. Because you might as well colonize the whole planet if you if you were able to breed and, and yeah, evolve yeah. on it. And they're saying that... Um, it could be like mad minerals there. Yeah, and they're saying if, um, if there's any sign of life, we can just focus on the dark side of the planet. And if we get any... There'll be some sort of LED light or any th- sort of artificial, artificial light. Boom, that's proof that there's life on that planet. Sick. Yeah. Do you think, let's say they do, mm. what do you think the next step would be trying to contact so, this, this place? Um, looking up um, looking up this whole little uh, segment, um, the, the actual system that Proxima B is part of um, is actually going to reach a point in our lifetime that is going to be uh, in, a, in, a, in a spot that we could actually reach. If we don't act very soon, it's going to be light years away from us. We're not going to be able to see it again. And um, there's this initiative called Project Starshot that I that I looked up, and it's not. I don't think it's actually in uh, manufacturing. If they're, if they're actually making it, or it's been like proposed to do, but basically, um, it's these gold sails that I think are about four by four meters. And they're folded up really small into the, these little chips, and they think they weigh about one gram each. And what they're going to do is launch a whole bunch of them into space. They then link up in space, unfold, and then there's going to be a series of uh, lasers on Earth that all shoot directly at the gold foil and propel this thing at like nine point nine 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 speed of light. Because it's the it's the only way that we can actually get something to travel super quick. Yeah. And it's the sole purpose of these foils would just be to pass close enough to Proxima B, just to take a really close up photo, and they'll be shooting right past it. And if they get that photo, it'll take about five years for them to get that photo back to us, and then we could find out from the photo to see if it's like got water and cloud systems and all that sort of stuff. That's sick. Yeah. That is so cool. God damn, these people are smart. They come imagine up with imagine that, dude. It's like one gram. This, this thing weighs the size of a chip. And you have to shoot at it. Yeah. In space. Yeah, it's like a whole series of um, ground-based lasers. And they just go... And they just shoot the foils. And the foil just takes the energy from the light and just shoots off like a rocket. Pumps it. Because like right now, I think... Um, uh, what's it called? It starts with a V. Um, one of the s- satellites l- launched in like the seventies. V. Yeah, I think it starts with V. One of those old school Voyager. Satellites. Voyager. I think Voyager two. I think is the furthest from Earth. Yeah. But the the, the spe- one that took the pictures of Pluto. Yes, it's yeah, it's it's taken um like photos of Pluto's moons and stuff like that. Um, that I think is the furthest from Earth. But the speed that that's traveling will take like. 20,000 years to get to Proxima B. It yeah, would take yeah, way, yeah. way too long. So they're, they're, they're trying to figure out 
in this um, span of time where it's like the system's going to be kind of within a reasonable zone, if we can't figure out, and this this is an option, I think, if we can't figure out a way of um, travel that is like way more advanced than what we currently have, this is the option. And it's just to guess to take a photo. Call up Bob Lazar. Yeah. <laughs> Hook it up, bro. Hook it up. I know you, I know you, got, I know you got the schematics. Yeah. Um, got was, in your brain. I was thinking, dude, um, imagine like we um, were in a similar predicament. We just were able to um, travel just far enough and fast enough to a planet to colonize it because our planet at the time was dying off and Earth just happened to be that planet. But we didn't like sort everything out in time. So we reached Earth, ran out of resources and were just stranded here. And then we passed down these tales and stuff, but all the technology got lost and all that because we're just this lost civilization from an advanced planet. And all these stories about these myths and stuff like that were relevant to the planet that we used to be on, but uh, lost because we're the aliens from our from our original planet. Uh, and what if that's uh, the original planet? It's Proxima B, and we're going oh, back. Oh, it's come around again. We're going back to wow. home. We're going home. We're going home. Isn't that crazy that um, the planet that's and we're just drawn to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fate. It's fate. Um, isn't it crazy that like another planet that's in the Goldilocks zone is tidally locked? Like, imagine growing up. It on happens that planet. a lot. Yeah, it happens a lot because you're constantly spinning. So, for instance, when they said the. F- moon was first formed it would have been spinning yeah but because it's constantly lo- like being affected by gravity and it's so close that eventually it stops spinning yeah yeah mm. that's nuts yeah imagine growing up on that planet obviously it's normal for them but um, how big is the planet it's 17 percent more massive than our earth so it's not oh it is bigger it's, it's it's bigger but like uh it's you know at least it's not like ridiculously different to us um but it's it's a year for them is seventeen days. Yeah, but then they're always in sunlight. So, like, do you think as a species uh, you would live right on the edge and be like, oh, it's always nighttime, the and then you just travel an hour into the darkness and go to bed, and then you. But it's bigger than Earth, so it takes longer than Earth to get around. Well, what's up? it's not like Rick and Morty where they just walk around and they're like, ah, oh, daytime, spring, f- summer, everything. How far is that drop off of the shadow? Do you, do you think that's like a, a kilometers long? Uh, 33 kilometers or something. Really? Yeah, it's quite a while. Wow. Yeah. Do you reckon um, in a planet like that, say they were at our advancement. Yeah. Do you think like... Right now? Yeah. Okay. Say, do you think like um, the rich get to live on the edge <laughs> and the working class have to be You're already dead talking center? about the political of this planet. That they would do. They would do. They'd be like... What if they're the working class saying like the dead a, center what hot if all day? In perfect harmony, and they're like fully tribal, and they're just going, "We we we love being tribal. That's the way. It's, everything is spiritual. We we haven't invented anything because we are so content with being tribal." Yeah, but they're like smarter than us. Let's say it could well, be that. that. That's that's why I think you like, have no idea what life could be like. It yeah, well, I like well, I have no idea. Like, um, I mean, and and this is for another podcast. But uh, our, our thoughts on these um ancient civilizations that were. Uh, we think that lived before our time. I really do think that that was the direction. Like they had no interest in smartphones and stuff like that. Their technology was in a completely different direction, and that's what they thought was more beneficial to their but future. But they were also massive tyrants and like slavery. Build me a pyramid. Oh no, I'm talking about before them. Like oh okay, the lost civilizations. Yeah, Atlantis. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that another another that's time. That's cool. Um, I yeah, dude. I think if a 
if a place was smart, they wouldn't have touched plastics or anything like that. We might not have even developed it and we had no interest in developing it. Yeah. You know? Um, this is, that is, the, is that what it looks like? This is the James Webb Telescope. I'll bring it up a little um, 3D diagram for Daniel and we'll put it on screen for you guys. Mm-hmm. How That's cool sick. is that? I didn't expect what it would look like. Yeah. And these are all the little uh, mirrors over here. That's so cool. So, like, it takes the light, reflects off the mirrors yep. and then it bounces back to this center thing and then it shoots back into the center. Okay, okay. And then, yeah. it, and then it, like, gets breaking down, like, five times. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. That's bad. Cool. I really want to know when we'll get it. Four years, five more. That's if the this um, project Starshot actually happens. I don't. It's not made. Um, it would be amazing if it were, if it were to be made. Uh, but it's all in theory right now, right? I think it's in theory. Um, okay. I, the, the, but this is our best hope at taking a photo of Proxima B. Um, if this is the case, I think the whole. The whole project is to shoot into, um, let me have a look here. I think it was uh, Alpha Centauri. Mm-hmm. So I think that whole system. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I hear that name a lot, Alpha Centauri. Yeah, I always heard of that, um, but I, I never knew the significance. And, and now hearing about all this, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. It's like a, I, I you know, you always just heard like the Andromeda galaxy is our nearby galaxy. And, and that's the one that if we have any hope, that's the galaxy we're going to venture to. But mm-hmm. um yeah, this is pretty cool. Let's just invade the planet. Little Proxima. Die! Yeah. This is ours now. This is us. It's like that meme. It's like, I made this. It's like, this is mine. Yeah, this is mine. Okay, I got something very random and nowhere near as scientific as that. But hey, We need to break it up a little bit, you know? We break it up. I yeah. think it's good. Okay. I came across this. <laughs> the title of it was called, Guy Explodes Train With His Ass. Oh, my God. It's okay. a I real mean, story. Uh, okay. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> it's a real thing that happened. Okay. okay. So, this, <laughs> this happened in 1830 and it was an exciting time um, with railroad industry because the US built a steam locomotive first ever operated um, in the United States and that was August, in, in August. And it was uh, Peter Cooper's Tom Thumb along with the Baltimore and Ohio. And after a few months, later in December, the first commercially operated steam constructed in America went into service. Yeah. And it was called the Best Friend of Charleston. Okay. And this it was the like name a very... The yeah, this is the name of the train. Okay. Called the Best, the best Friend of Charleston. It was and made by... Um, 1830, you said? Yeah, 1830. Because the, because the locomotive, I think, was... The steam locomotive and steam trains were invented like the 1780s. 1700s. It's 1780s. Industrial, it's pretty crazy. Was that Industrial Revolution? No, nah, Industrial Revolution is like 19, 1910 or something. I guess it was just the start of industri- industry. Steam-powered things. Steam-powered thing, yeah. I think it, I think that's thing. I um, think that's when it started. So but Cowboys uh, were getting phased out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cowboys were... Horses were start. No, actually, trains were around with the horses around. It's just that, you know, no one had a car. Were, like, towns were getting built. Yeah, and it was just like... Can we use this to transport people? And it started becoming a thing. And and yeah. the 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 best friend of Charleston was a very small kind of locomotive, but I think it can hold like eighty people. It's so weird. A couple um, carriages. The way you describe it, because the name sounds like you're talking about someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, because I think it was made by Charleston and Co. Was the company right? Such a 1800s name. Yeah, Charleston. Yeah. Some Charleston and Sons. Um, and that was in uh, South Carolina Canal um, and Railroad. And ra- Railroad Company was the company that made it. Right. Um, and unfortunately, locomotives in this area were not exactly constructed to any type of standards or overseen by any regulations okay. at all at the time. Yeah. Um, 
And its initial run, the locomotive continued operating daily. It remained in service for six months until June 17th, 1831, when um, it was partially destroyed and severely injuring its crew because, as legend goes, the firemen became tired of listening to the hissing and whistling coming from the boiler that he held down the steam pressure release valve with his ass. So he just like shoved his butt in inside the fucking machine until it closed it. What? And he's like, I'm just going to fucking do it. Wow, dude. That, that's so weird. Because like you can picture that um, operator wasn't the inventor. And it's almost like the inventor was like, all right, I've invented this. I've put my money into it. You're driving it. This is what you do. You, you move this, you pull this, you change this. Yeah. Now go and run it. And this dude was just like... I do shit with my hands all the time. I'm sick of this noise. It just blocks it up. It just blocks it up. Regrettably, this incident was also gave the best friend of Charles another place in history as the first locomotive in the US to suffer a boiler explosion. Wow. And after the incident, the railroad salvaged parts. Oh, it killed like fucking like 40 people or something. How- he, d- he died. Oh, <laughs> I know he, he blew he, up. He got he annihilated. He he blew up ass first, which is, is which is crazy. But forty people are they all in the freaking front of the train? I guess it's not a long. It was train, huge right? explosion, and it was a very small, little, tight knit train with a lot of people packed in. You know what's crazy, dude? I, like that. Actually, don't don't quote me on the people. I think it was like in the tens, in the dozens that people got severely injured. You know what's crazy? I'm sure, at least a dozen died. That the the whole housing for this the 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 locomotion, the train would have been such thick, like iron. To think that that gets pressured enough to explode is just ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like, that would have been the heaviest metal. I'll Not show you budging a picture of the train. Yeah, let's have a look. Like, so you can have a look at it. It was like this thing. It was very Oh, kooky. right. Okay. So, it's like, so it's he all just sat wooden. his butt there. Yeah, it's all wooden. But like, it's like, it's like, for, so for, the, for those of you listening, it looks like one of those little trains you see at like the, the fairground that you can just ride on as a kid. And it's like a little wooden cart, but there's like a fireplace at the front of it. Like, it's just a whole furnace. Looks like a little chimney on the front. Yeah. With, a, with a couple of carriages on the back. So, like he got boiler. annihilated. He got annihilated. But imagine he's like driving this thing and goes... I'm sick of listening to that thing. I I think I can just block it up and there'll be no repercussions. Whatsoever. As if it wouldn't be hot as hell as well. There wouldn't be any insulation then. No. Heat insulation. Would, the whole thing would have just been radiating heat and he just put his ass on it. Okay, so dumb. So dumb. I bet you he had he wasn't even in the that industry. He was just a worker. He's like, you sir, what are you doing today? And he's like, well, um, I'm selling newspapers. He's like, how would you like to drive a locomotive? And he's like, oh, I'll give it a go. Sign me up. Sign me up. And then he was like, man, this... Way more noisy than it used to be to deliver newspapers. I'm just going to block this thing with my ass. And so th- he's a thick boy. He <laughs> yeah. just fucking sat on it and he's like, oh, I'm going to just fix this right now with my butt. Wow. He blew up. And they recreated the the train because it was a historical thing. But the first one, the original one, gone. It just got do you annihilated. Think, um, <laughs> do you think that's what actually happened? Because who's who's living to tell the tale? They so, were done. Some people lived. <laughs> They imagine seeing someone block a freaking and then you're steam at the door back with of the train, ass. just going. You think that's right? You think he can do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's all of a sudden, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. Nah, he shouldn't have done that, dude. Imagine that. That is the worst way to like f- f- see all these dead bodies, and you're like, just because you saw some guy at the front being like, "Ah, stop this piece of shit," and just rub his ass in it. You wouldn't that's- have seen though, because he would have just shoved his butt like here <laughs> at the front of it. Good times. Wow. Man, it was really the Wild West back then, wasn't it? Definitely would opt for a horse. 
I don't want to be kicked off or thrown off a horse. That's how fucking um, Steve Reeves broke his neck. Yeah, yeah. Because the the two horses are tall, man. There's a long drop. Steve Reeves, Christopher Reeves, Christopher Reeves. It's a long drop. It's a long drop. Um, But you know, I guess you have to like. He landed on his neck or something, right? He was doing um, that game with the where you hit the sticks with the ball. Bad. No, it's not badminton. It's um, polo. Polo. I think yeah. Um, Polo. He was playing that and he got kicked off the horse and landed on his neck. And he was a fucking beefy guy. He was like 6'2". I heard a story um, that my mate told me and I I have no idea if this is true or not. But uh, apparently he knew a guy who uh, became um, disabled from the waist down because he was sitting on a surfboard for a certain period of time. And apparently there's a high risk when sitting on a surfboard in the water, you can paralyze yourself from the waist down. And he and he he was fine. He was out in the water. And he came back to the land and he sat for a while. And then all of a sudden he couldn't get up. Really? Yeah. I don't know if this is true or not, but if that is well, true, no, that's you can freaky. be You can be paralyzed like that. So you might be on the verge of being paralyzed. And then yeah. you just do one wrong move and that's it. You're yeah. Cool. So it's like people having car accidents, you know, and then... And then they're walking around and they just turn their neck and then all of a sudden they're paralyzed. Right. That's why and, when and you have like a car accident, like, don't later. move him. Don't yeah, move him. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would believe it because I can imagine when you're sitting on a surfboard, you're using some types of balancing and the waves are random. Do you think it's the crashing on the wave that can kind of do it? I think like he was just sitting and like, you know, like just sitting on the water, but the water's constantly moving. You're constantly like rotating your hips and spine to keep balance while sitting on a surfboard, right? Might not be jarring, it's but it's not just, normal. It's not. It's not. You're not stagnant, and um, he could have just done something. Came back to the sand, sat for a bit, and then just couldn't get up and paralyzed for life. <sighs> so freaky. Um, I don't want to. Really it's just deterred me from sitting on a surfboard. I've never gone surfing, so me neither. I'll do bodyboarding. Yeah, oh, man, you can you can hurt yourself doing anything. That's that's, that's yeah. the problem. My know? brother-in-law broke his um, leg from bodyboarding. You can do anything. You can break your neck. My friend jumped into the ocean and broke his neck just diving into a wave. Oh, yeah. It's dangerous doing a shallow dive, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. It was just like a very gentle, a wave is coming towards me and he just dunked his head under the water, but there was a sandbank right there. Yeah. And he dangerous. was already at waist deep. And yeah. He landed head first and then he said he, what he felt was like the, the sandbank crush his head like this and he felt his neck crush back. Oh, my God. It just shattered his neck. Oh. That's so scary, man. Yeah, you get told all the time, like, never dive into the beach. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But holy crap, you know, you can... Biggest risk we do every day is, like, drive a car. It's like, who knows yeah. what lunatic is behind the wheel and the person next to us. Yeah, yeah. Very scary thing. Wow, well, dude. You know, take your life for granted. It's crazy. That is very, very freaky. Mm. I like that story, though. That is... um. That's very random. <laughs> very random. Came across that. I laughed my ass off. That's good. Almost laughed my ass off. He He unfortunately didn't get to laugh his ass off. He did, but then he died. <laughs> <laughs> His last laugh. He's like, I'll have Take that, you stinking hunk of junk. Boom. <laughs> it's like Simpsons. My biscuits are burning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, I, uh, I have something that's very different to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess another little uh, historical theory, um, conspiracy theory, I guess. Sure. Uh, and it's based on a operation back in the 1940s called Operation High Jump. Have you heard of it? Have heard about this? Nope. No. Hit me. All right. So, Fine, fuck me. In the late 1940s, 
shortly after World War II, Operation High Jump was carried out by the U.S. Navy. Mm-hmm. The operation was um, a research expedition to Antarctica, and it was led by Admiral Richard E. Byrd. The operation went for about a year and a half, and a lot of this operation is still classified to this day. Um, the purpose of the this um, expedition essentially was to search over Antarctica. Oh, I do know. Gen- yeah. I know Admiral Bird. I know Admiral Bird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, so he was. Um, the the whole point was to see, I guess, wh- why the Nazis were so interested in that area. Yeah. And why they had bases there during World War Two, and I guess to investigate what was going on there during that time. Um, supposedly, when Admiral Bird returned from the expedition. He was held for about 36 hours and told under no circumstances to speak to anyone about it. And then all of a sudden, he was just given the Medal of Honor and told to leave. Okay. Um, and Was this in his autobiography, though, this this facts came from? Oh, I'm not too sure. I'll have to, I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to fact check that. Yeah. But um, uh, many su- su- suspect that uh, they had found Agatha or they're looking for Agatha, which is what the Nazis were interested in, which is that whole hollow earth thing, which is mm. a whole another rabbit hole. We could go down on another episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, um, they were, uh, essentially looking for that, I believe. And, um, I also read that there's a Italian encyclopedia from 1948 floating around, which was written during this expedition. And it said that in this encyclopedia, that there was an ice free area discovered in Antarctica with lakes and green grasslands and even described as a hot area. Isn't I've that heard crazy? of this. I've heard of these stories. So I did a deep dive back into it. I think it, uh, maybe like 2013 or mm-hmm. something like that. I, 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 I heard a lot about it, yeah. about this Admiral Bird and what he saw. I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate here, yep. but I heard he was sensationalizing a lot of what he right. did from his autobiography to get more credit than mm. he saw because apparently what he saw was apparently nothing and he just wanted to sensationalize it because he didn't want his expedition to be for nothing. Right. Is what I heard the the kind of counter to what he to what he saw was. No, that, but then I've heard a lot too. I've heard of a lot of other conspiracy stuff about Antarctica. So I think maybe three years ago, there was a big thing going on about how the US was sending mass military into into Antarctica. Did you hear about this? Um, when, In the last like it? three years or something. Yeah, well, I think it's there's it, a lot of conspiracy about it because like there's a whole treaty made by the UN, um, yeah. which is like for no one to go to Antarctica. <laughs> there's no flight paths over Antarctica. Like no one's allowed to go. And that's why flat earthers, you know, they have so much defense. They're like, oh, that's, they're, they're that's stopping. the ice wall. That's the ice wall. We're not allowed to go there and there's no flight paths over it. Um, it's very, you know, it's very interesting. Um, I don't personally believe in flat earth, but... Um, I also would be suspicious if you weren't allowed to just fly to Antarctica and have mm. a look for yourself. Um, mm. It's very interesting. But then I feel like we'd see it on satellites or something. Satellites pass it's, over it all the time. It's um, the largest desert. It's all desert under there. Yeah, there's no rainfall. So, Well, it's it, only desert because there's no rainfall. Yeah, it's completely frozen over desert. Yeah, the, the, the no rain can happen there yeah. because it's too cold. Right. So it gets zero rainfall every year. So I wonder what could be um there because uh i think there's old maps showing um land on the edge of where antarctica currently is Mm -hmm. ancient maps um already depicting kind of the boundaries of antarctica and how could you explore the landmass of antarctica if it was already for if it wasn't frozen over this is old old maps from charted 
people chartering that area. Yeah, from hundreds of years yeah. ago. Um, and obviously, uh, we touched upon this on our, um, on our one of our last episodes where we're talking about how uh, the Nazis were heavily into the occult, yep. which uh, I think since we've brought this up, we're definitely going to have to do a little deep dive into that in a, in a future episode. Yeah, yeah. Because they were... They were... Um, very interested in occultism and and esoteric beliefs, and uh, I, I think they went to these areas because they, they had were they had some like beliefs. They the, they the, yeah you know, they had strong beliefs that they were going to find something that was going to benefit them. I wonder why there yeah. though. And dude, uh, I found out that um, they actually were operating on base there, and they were like only like only like a few kilometers away from a Russian base, and they were like had this full operation to like. As the Russians were like going by sea, the Nazis would deep dive in the submarine underneath them and then go to their base while like they would have been like right nearby oh Russia during God. World War Two. Crazy. Yeah. Super risky. So they were like in it for the biscuit in it for the biscuit, risking it for the biscuit. It was something there so good that they needed to be fully operational there. Yeah. Makes you think what they're hiding. Or what's yeah, not dude. hiding, but I've heard that there's yeah, the treaty thing is weird. Yeah. That's a bit odd. Don't know, like out of everything, like you know, China and America and everything, they don't listen to each other's treaties. No. It's like don't fish here, and then China, like oh, Japan, like we'll do whatever. Everyone's we want. off. And uh, it doesn't Australia have the largest chunk? I have no idea. Let me have, let me have a quick look. Mm. Oh, we get a mad chunk. We get a huge chunk. I think because of how close we are. That's sick. Yeah, we own it, bitches. We own it. It's all ours. Fuck uh, you, America. Also, France apparently owns a big chunk too. I think. That's it. Fuck you, America. Yeah. yeah nothing. This is my it name. looks like it's divided evenly upon what upon upon what degrees you are, you are close within it. Mm, yeah, how much landmass you that yeah, you cover yeah, of the it. V comes off of. Yeah. yeah um, pretty cool. But it's interesting to me that uh Yeah, why why would um why would there be a treaty over that land and What's there, man? I think there's. I, I, I would like to believe that there's. Go something... do an expedition there. Oh go my god! See the, go see the penguins. What if I drop into Agatha? Oh man, I've heard this story years ago. Of um, no, no, years ago. I heard this story that happened years ago. Of the people that went to an expedition, I think to Antarctica, and then got stranded, and what they had to do to survive. Oh, I can't boy. remember the story. Let me find it. <laughs> you just stopped at the most juiciest part. The untold story of Captain Scott's ill-fated expedition, how six explorers sought refuge in igloo and ate penguin meat for seven months before mustering the strength to trek 200 miles to safety. Oh, damn. Apparently, you read this book and it is the most horrific shit you can imagine that they went through and they cannot believe they survived it. Wow. Yeah. Just um, the will Pen to live, strong will to live. penguins to live. How would you... Um, there must have just been a massive flock of penguins nearby that they could just keep harvesting. Oh, man. I've heard the book is horrific and yeah, gruesome. Yeah. And there'd be raw penguins as well. They'd just be biting into them. They're so cute as well. They survived it in an igloo. Seven months with no supplies. Imagine like every day, like, that's it. I'm dying. I'm dying today. We're going to freeze today. Yeah. Or like, imagine Constantly having to cuddle cold. up with seven men that you just met on an expedition. And you're like, guys, we just got to hug it out every yeah. night or we're going to die. And like, what do you, I mean, can you, do you, can you survive for months on just penguin meat? They did that. And well, they're pretty fatty. The yeah. fat is all you need to survive. Yeah, yeah. So I watched this. Uh, and you got obviously unlimited water. Well, you know, you'd have to boil the water. How the fuck are you going to do that? You can't eat the ice. You'll die. It's too cold. Well, then how do they drink the water? They might've had a little fire going and fucking trying to, 
Who knows? Well, where's the wood come from to burn? You're probably burning penguin fat. Damn. You don't understand probably the shit they had to go through. They're to probably sh- living in their own shit. So, I watched this series called Alone, right? And yeah. it's these guys that go out in the jungle, in the wilderness, and have to survive as long as possible with no human contact and no nothing, right? right. So, they just bunker down, hope, pray they have enough meat on their body to mm. survive the winter. And they're in like fucking on the edge of Siberia. They're in fucking in the Arctic Circle, negative 40 degrees. How long do they have to be out there for? As long as... Until everyone else taps out. Oh, so it's like a it's a, it's a, a reality TV show. Yeah, it's a reality TV show. Okay. So they go in and go, I'm going to go as long as possible. But the old, also scary thing is like, you might be in 50 days mm. and you're like struggling and you might be going to yourself, well, is one person left or is everyone still in oh, the they game? Oh, they're, they're not you, allowed to team up? No, you, you have no human contact for the entire time. So you they're have really one radio separated. And if, yeah, everyone's separated in okay. the middle of the Siberia. Okay. You have one radio. If you use the radio, you get pulled out of the game. That's it. Okay. You can only use it in an emergency. You cannot ask for help. You only get to bring 10 items. And is there a crew with them just filming them? They film themselves. All right. So they have zero human contact. And they said the biggest, hardest part of the entire journey is the, the loneliness that you get when they're just like, okay, I've, I've eaten my food. I caught my fish for the day and I just wait until the sun sets and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. They might be like, that's a whole day. But like, there's so many things to do when... Um living off the land like you're constantly working to make sure yeah, you're yeah. fine right but a lot of them have no energy I guess because they're they like can't find uh, anything to eat right so you can't um, so a lot of them go I haven't and, eaten and for two down. weeks oh right so they have to be like nomadic essentially constantly yeah. hunting so they can't build a little hut and um, no they do at the beginning they spend all their energy to build the hut yeah okay and they, they build the hut and go, I need to keep a fire going every night or I'll die. Yeah, for sure, dude. So, what was interesting is that this guy, one of the first guys to bring a bow and arrow, fucking killed a moose. Oh, my God. He fucking shot it long range. He fucking miles away. He just goes, ping, nails this moose, chases it down for like kilometers while it, while it slowly dies. Yeah. And then he chops it up bit by bit and carries it all back to his hut, right? Mm. He had a whole moose to eat and he was still dying of starvation from protein poisoning because your body cannot get enough nutrients from protein alone. It needs to eat fat. Interesting. Because the the moose is too lean. Really? So he said, I'm eating an entire moose and I'm still starving to death. Moose are humongous, dude. He ate so much of it and he still said, I am losing weight like nothing. Was this in a snow area? So He was also getting... Yeah, it was fucking, it. Yeah, it'll it just was, it'll just sit there. It'll be yeah, right. but then animals would try and get your kill. Yeah, yeah. So you had to hang it in a tree. And oh my build, god! He had to build a fort in the tree to keep the animals show. away. It's sick. Wow, I yeah. gotta watch this show for it's, sure. It's awesome. There's like nine seasons. That's awesome. But yeah, so no matter how big the animal is, you, you he was complaining of stomach pains. Mm, interesting. He said, "I don't know. I've got most of the moose left, and I I I don't think I can eat it all because my stomach is killing me. So you need the fat." And, and if you don't have fat, you're dying. Fat is everything for the human body. I That's thought like in the, there'd be a little bit of fat on it at least. It's too lean. Too lean. It's like too kangaroo. Lean. Yep, it's too lean. You couldn't survive. I never heard that. of that. That's interesting. Mm. So, uh, it's protein poisoning. Even though cool. you have a huge amount of physical meat to eat, you still... You can still die. Yeah, right. Lucky they had some fatty penguins to eat. Yeah. I don't imagine, imagine it's like, very good meat. Surely they're shitting in the igloo because imagine needing to take a crap... Taking a piss... Outside. Your piss is freezing the minute you're going. You gotta like be break it off. Ice you gotta like, as it's coming out. It's an icicle coming out. Oh. You gotta break it out of you. You gotta it's, you gotta pull the yeah, last bit of pee yeah, out of that's you. That's horrible. 
Surely you just don't get frostbite on all your limbs. I don't know how they survived it. Obviously, they were there with like the right um, equipment at the beginning, but they got but, stranded. Yeah. That's terrible. I would hate that. They had to build up enough enough strength to just trek 200 miles, which is like, what, 300 Ks? That's the same um, feeling I feel of like building a raft on a, on a stranded island and just hoping for the best, right? Get a castaway you, style. You don't know what the outcome is going to be, but you just have to strive to live. That's and if it human, works out, it works out. That's the human um, thriving. Wow. That, that was pretty cool. I have one more thing for you. Yeah, man. Um, which I thought was pretty interesting. I came across it today, actually. It was that I didn't know this at all. I was watching this like mini doco. The K-pop industry is essentially slavery. Have you heard about this? I have. You, you um, know, do you know much about it's, it? It's it's like essentially. Well, it's like it's what we did here in America in, in, uh, to Australian pop idols and American pop idols, where like, the industry plants, but they're like manufactured on a crazy level where they like work to death, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What well, I'll just give you the, the yeah yeah. The let me know. Let me, let me know the details. So the reason the K-pop industry is so powerful is because it's a well-oiled machine made specifically to outshine Japan, J-pop. Interesting. It was made like 90s because, you know, there's that mad rivalry between Japan and Korea. Mm-hmm. So, they literally did it because they saw that uh, Japanese pop stars were coming up and they said how, said, how can we make this even more, how can we make this better? So, they saw that J-pop was too insular and marketed to pretty much only Asia. It was all in Japanese. Yeah. So, they said, okay, well, we're going to we're going to blend the two styles of Western culture and Asian culture, mm-hmm. like Korean culture and Western culture. That's why half their songs are in English. Yeah. Do you know, like they kind of do a bit of, do a bit of Korean, do a bit of English in their songs. Cause they were like popping off in like 2008. Yeah. Big time. I used to watch uh, in the morning. Um, uh, what was it? Um, the, the uh, Korean pop vi- uh, video hits kind of. Um, oh, right. I, I, I remember I used to listen to one artist back in like 2008. Was it, was it Sayang? Sayang? I used to listen to G Dragon. Imagine that was J pop this whole time and I've, I just absolutely butchered it. No. Um, yeah, right. Um, wow. Oh, what was that show? It was on SBS. Anyway, I used to watch uh, this, <laughs> this Korean pop channel yeah. in the mornings. Early 2000s. So K pops are, um, are made in large groups mm-hmm. so that the fans can fall in love with at least one of the characters from the group. Wow, That's dude, why there's no singular. So much marketing. Very rare that they'd be a singular artist. Yeah, okay. Okay. They they f- uh, look like younger kids, but they always try and find ones that have adolescent facial, facial features mm. and uh, mostly are tall, just right. so they look older than they are because they want to get I can get imagine they're looking for like Eurasian-looking dudes. They try to. Yeah. Um, Western features with Korean features. Yeah, and um, they look, they start looking and indoctrinate them into um, but trying to become a pop star at the age of nine. Yeah, I believe that. So, they're asked God. to sign a contract lasting seven years, which dictates their entire life at the age of nine. Okay, this was also recently changed from the the longer period of contract, which was 13 years that, that, that you signed this contract oh, wow. with the, with the uh, K-pop company. And so, oh, they call them the agents, mm-hmm. right? That's what they call it, like the agency. So, this contract dictates they can't eat what they want. They can't dress the way they want. They can't be seen in public doing anything other than what they are told to do mm. for their entire lives. So, immediately, nine years. Yep. This is also when you are not even a pop star yet. You are training, 
to become right. a K-pop star. Yeah. So you haven't hit the big time. You haven't even made one song. You are just in some sort of like boot camp mm. there, training every single day. It's like the military. Yeah. It's I didn't know because you have stuff. to make money. You have to make money. So, uh, the contract dictates that you you get less money than what the agency will make. So, say the artist, you know, usually artists in any recording label, the record label might say, we, we take 30%. All right. They take a huge cut. Yeah. But it's a lot, 30%. But they'll be like, in, in here, most of the time, the artist gets most of the work, more than 50%, I'd say. Not from what I've... Yeah, seen uh, the um the companies get a ma- a massive amount. They essentially you get a lot of money, but it's it when once you see the breakdown, it's to go to like merchandise and manufacturing of CDs and vinyls. And, yeah, okay. And recording time in the studio, and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You're essentially getting a loan, and yes. you have to you have to pay it back with interest. Yeah, you don't get so much. <laughs> that brings me to my next point exactly, which was. Before you start earning money for yourself, you agree in the contract that you have to pay back all the money spent training on you mm. in the first place. So, from the minute you're nine years old in the studio paying, um, you know, for the for them to do the training, the dance classes, the diets, the exercise, every day you're there, you're accumulating debt to them. Mm. And they say, you can't earn a single cent in your bank account till all this debt is paid Jeez. first, right? This you haven't even become a you haven't made a song yet. No, you're like ten years old. You're like, yeah, this is cool. So this is just for the chance to become a pop star. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so even if you train for six years, become a pop star, you don't make work. You don't you don't get paid anything. So you're already at the big time. So this one idol idol came out. I think her name was a crayon pop or pop crayon. Mm-hmm. She was already in the mega stardom for a year and a half before mm-hmm. she said she got a single cent in her bank account. Right. All had to be paid back to the company first. But, so you're, so you're signing yourself into debt at nine years old. That's... Cr- oh. Hey, stop it. Um, yep. So heaps of trainees take out loans just to cover the living costs because not only are you have to pay for the training... You're not getting paid to do the work, mm. so you have to then survive. That's so, a part of your contract. They just they don't hook you up with a little you know, house with you. You got to take your... out a loan to eat food and to to like do all these and oh to like have God. somewhere to live. I'm not surprised. Like it it, I mean, America it does do that. You know, there's so many industry plants. Um, it, you know, as far as back as like the Spice Girls, like that's just it's all just Backstreet Boys. It's just all manufactured. Uh, how how can we? Bring this thing together, this uh, this group together, and manufacture them and make heaps of money off of them. Like uh, Justin Timberlake, I recently saw um, his whole like breakthrough with his like um, first solo album. Man, like it was so manufactured. Like he was such a successful artist that he could go solo. There's like all this footage of like Pharrell writing all his stuff for him mm. and in the studio and them developing songs together. But it's clearly Pharrell because he's a you know he's an amazing songwriter and producer. He's creating like the whole his whole identity. Really? Yeah, like it's it's crazy. <laughs> like all those catchy hooks and though. stuff, and I'm like, wow. Like yeah, he has the talent, but he's it's, he's it's not, made for he, them. He's He's got the t- he's got the talent to do it, but he doesn't have the talent to make it. Yeah, like Post Malone, like um, Beer Bongs and Bentley's, like there's a 
huge amount of collaborators on that album and that's why it was so successful and then everything after that I think it's and I love Post Malone but like you know after after that it's a little more he, of him doing his thing and thing and, and that's why it just drops off a little bit because yeah. you don't have all these experts write like ghost writing and yeah, producing yeah. all your yeah. songs and to make sure every single thing's a hit I know some people do do put in the work like Lady Gaga or something. They're like putting yeah. in hard yards for everything, but they also have collab. For you sure. definitely have like the art- artists like Post Malone that probably would have a lot of input in how things sound because it has to. But then you have things like uh, artists like Olivia Rodrigo, which yeah. would be like, I'm just a teenager or and like I just do the music. Shit, yeah, Dua Lipa, hundred percent. Someone's stealing my shit. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I just I come there and sing, and I'm the. Oh, face. I didn't know that I was referencing that song. That's so blatantly obvious that I referenced it. And because you didn't fucking write yeah, it, you none of it is her stuff. Hook. They just gave her. A, they just gave it to her, and they were like, "Make re-record this." Yeah. Even um, it, uh, like the go- the ghost singers and stuff, ghost writers on like old Britney Spears tracks. People have split them up, and the writing credits um of like the the songwriters and stuff for some of the Britney Spears hits, you can hear the backing vocals of the original person that wrote the song singing in the background that Britney Spears is singing over the top of. Really? Yeah, because that's just how it was done back then. It was like, the people was just manufacture. How do I get most the most money out of a pop star? That's why mainstream music is so flat for me. <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. to it. But- I agree. But yeah, I didn't. I, I knew for sure it's something like that, but I didn't know about the the backing track in the background. That's that's pretty funny. It's very, it's very common back in back in that time, yeah. So you can imagine how overdone this shit is then. Oh, you can, because like- on that, steroids. That's like- when there's a lot of laws in Western country, they're just like work you to death over there. Yeah, man. It's, apparently, it's, it's you need to break our market and the American market. Yeah, yeah. and you and need to um, and, and apparently it's worse than the military, mm. but because there's so much extra sh- random shit that you have to do. Like you can't be seen in public. So I keep going. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're told to be put on exercise routines, sleep routines, diets, plastic surgery. Oh wow. They're told what to do. Mm. It's like you're gonna get this. Yeah. You have to. You have to get bits of your jaw removed because you don't look wide enough. Korean uh, beauty standards are super high. It's super ridiculous. high. And everyone gets plastic surgery. Like everyone gets Very the common. eye done. Yeah, the um, double eye. eye du- yeah, the yeah. double eyelid um, to look Very common Western, surgery there. To look more Western, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's cheap and it's really high quality over there, the, the surgery. Oh, all their beauty products are incredible over there. Yeah, yeah they got it, man. Hey, Korean people are good looking, man. They are... Uh, they got, they got the good features. Yeah. They, good they, skin, good cheekbones. But is that from so much plastic surgery? Nah, I think it's just um, everyone gets it done. Everyone really takes care of themselves. I I heard like I think it's a lot more. No one is not wearing a brand name in Korea. Yeah, I guess. Um, And they and that was that only ten percent of people make it the cut. So if you do all that time, you get all that debt racked up. So say you you didn't make it as a pop star, Mm. and you go out to work at like Kmart over there. Yeah, you still have to pay that money out of your salary oh, came out to pay wow. them out first before you get your paycheck. That's so messed and up. And it's a, 100% to them. 100% gets put to them before you earn anything. Do you think as like a pop star group, say you're um, a group of like, what is it, like 18 girls? It's mm. so massive, those mm. groups. If you all decided mid-contract, you're like, mm, we're getting a lot of popularity in US. What if you just all went on a US tour and just decided not to come back? Would Korea fought like extradite you back to Korea? Because you're I don't know contract? what they do, but you got the contract, so they might say we're revoking your citizenship. And what you if they were the like law. this we're being treated unfairly? I had a mate here. I had a mate here who was come to school hmm. in Korea 
Uh, sorry, he came to school from Korea to to the school here in Australia in yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. When he turned 18, they said, you need to come back for conscription. If you do not come back, we're taking away your citizenship. And he had to go to the military for three years. Damn, that's, it's, it's quite common in some countries, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like uh, men and women, they yeah. just have to serve like one to three years in the military. It has to be done. I think it's um, in Israel. That's also, uh, it's very popular. I think that, that's there. something similar happened when I had talked to some mates here back in the day in Western Sydney. It's crazy. Um, so once they make the cut, it's even more intense. Apparently they wear sandbags. This is just one of the things I heard. Apparently they wear sandbags on their feet while they're doing the choreography to weigh themselves down. So when they're on stage, they look even lighter. Like they're just floating. Rockley. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah Rockley Rockley shit. <laughs> just moving super fast. While you're in the group, you cannot date anyone because oh you need God. to be more accessible yeah. to the public. And so the fans need to believe like they can get you. Oh my God, dude. Imagine like being forced to look amazing during your prime and you can't do anything with it. Can't do shit. Wow. What a, so that's you sign why, your soul away. So that's why there's no mixed groups because they don't want to have the suspicion that members might be dating. Right. So there's only boy groups, there's only girl groups. Right. They're separated right. fully. So what I found, this was crazy. Just alone, BTS, the boy band, increased South Korea's GDP by $5 billion on the entire country. GDP is... Global the, domestic um, product. Oh my God. God. The entire country's global product went up five billion from a single band. That's ridiculous. And I guess um like the fact that I know of them and I don't listen to any K pop, it just they put them on the map. Like they're huge in Australia yeah. and America. They use them to go um to oh, they, do they have their own McDonald's meal or something? Yeah, something it's like crazy. that. It's crazy. And uh they went and performed for Kim Jong un. Really? Dude, their entire <laughs> G- their entire 5 billion GDP is more than the entire North Korean economy. Dude. Yes. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> that one band, one band out of however many hundreds they have. Surely like they're time. all millionaires and they're chill now, right? I don't know. They're, the biggest? they're young. They're all like 17, 18. But they're, they're, because they're one of the biggest, surely like they've paid off the debt. But and the second the guys get out of the contract, they all leave. They've rotated members quite a bit. And as soon as they hit like 23, 24, 25, yeah. they're gone. They're not marketable anymore. They're gone. But I surely they they're millionaires, get... right? I don't know. You'd hope so. I'd hope so. They must be doing it. F- I don't know. That's the thing. It's like they're kind of like slaves. Like how yeah. much do you get put up in the, in the, you know, I can't date, I can't eat, I can't sleep when I want. It's like, I've heard some nights, most nights are on two hours sleep and it's like told, you can't go to sleep. You need to get up right. and perform. If I was them uh, and I got kicked out of the group, I'd go to the I'd go to the US. Everyone knows who I am. You just need to do a collaboration with but one Popeyes and But then you don't have that marketing backing behind you anymore. You don't have the rest you of the You just need group. a feature on a track with some other pop artists. You'd, you'd get signed I like that because your name's know. so popular. Dude, imagine the, f- the fan base in America... One of the BTS people would freaking do a collab with Justin Bieber or some but shit. But you know what? They're the not head. writing their own music. I know, but like... So it's like, just do you have that talent? Do you even have that talent? They might be like, yeah, come write on this thing. Yeah. And you have no talent. Well, no, you'd just be like the same as like a uh, Justin Bieber thing, right? Like you'd just be like these two people that have a name behind them that we can easily sell tracks from, sell, get money off of, collaborate them. You got a hit that will be made. And you're going to get 100% going to get people listening to it. It'll pop off. Well, yeah, maybe. You just need a DJ Khaled person to put them together. But they might say you're not even allowed to perform under the, your own name. Under. 
I think they even have fake personas names. No, but like you know what I mean. Like once you've gotten kicked out, you're 24. You're out of BTS. You're now. What are you doing? I'm saying I moved to America. But some say they're so exhausted that they don't want to do it anymore. Well, I'm just saying if, I haven't, if I haven't made money, oh, yeah. I'm making money in US. Now everyone knows who I am, who I look like. I got an Instagram. Boom. You could try. You'd probably be all right. Okay, but it's a fine. big sacrifice. How many people don't make it there? Where? To the big time. How many? However many pop stars, 90% don't make it to the, become a pop star. Oh yeah, I'm only, I'm only talking about in the scenario that you're BTS level. Yeah, I know, but I'm yeah. saying however many people just try and... So the whole point of this was saying though, the suicide rates for these K-pop artists are through the roof. Really? Yeah. They, there's like been... 13 big ones in like the last couple of years. And uh, are these um, Where they come out the low-level ones or like the, the ones that are made big, it as well? Big. Really? They're big ones. Wow. They're the ones that you just know about. Jeez, that's really sad. They come out on sad. social media and say, I've got a I've got a, um, a boyfriend and they're telling me I'm not supposed to. And then, you know, the, the media will be like, you shouldn't have a boyfriend in the band. And like everyone is like in kind of in that mentality in mm. Korea too, which yeah. is you got you got to live up to this standard. Jeez. So after a while, you would just be totally. So think about it. You started at nine years old. You might be like by the twentieth, by year twenty-five, you you go on. I'm cooked. I'm done. I cannot work anymore. Especially if um, I can't imagine. Is it like over forty hours of work a week? Oh man, these people it sounds like their whole lives are work now. Yeah right. Monday, like yeah, you reckon like no no like you Sunday cannot be seen in public anymore. Once right. you sign your life away, you're only working. You're yeah. only working twenty-four-seven. Jeez. Mm. That's scary, man. Um, I guess, and 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 because of how young they are, are they um, signed up by their parents, or are they wanting to do this and they don't realize the repercussions? Their, do you reckon their their parents are like, join this talent show because we want to want we want you to oh, be a star? Oh man, I money. think I think a lot of kids sign up obliviously and go, we want to now because yeah. it's they know that the, the stardom in it yeah they know that they, they realize. have a chance but they have no idea what they're it's crazy that um you know as uh, from a western country's point of view we look at that and they're like that's so ridiculous but like you can imagine this it the same thing's been happening here for years it's just like not to that extreme they, they take it to the extreme because they're like they can see what they can get out of it based off what us has done yeah they're like oh if this is all they did and they're making this much money and that much fame and that much culture we just do the same format, but we ramp it the fuck up. We make our people yeah, yeah. work extra hard. Yeah, they got that mentality of like, we got to be the best. But yeah. apparently it's just like this crazy oiled machine that, it. you know, it's it's scary. That's a different, um, that's very that's very scary, man. And, and, and especially like, if you don't get any benefits out of it, uh, it's, it's, it makes you wonder like, why? You've just gone into debt and you could kill yourself yeah. and, and no one's going to know who you are. And you just kill yourself because you're in mountains of debt before you're even 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, I think it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize it. And they're just supporting this by every time you listen to a BTS song on Spotify, it's like, yep, yeah, I'm feeding the machine because I like their music. Yeah. But it's like, you don't want to be doing that thing, but it's just, hey, that's you are contributing to that if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. They're huge, man. They're huge. Oh. Five billion GDP, my God! That's insane, man. King Jong Un's like he has more wine and cheese for me. <laughs> yeah, apparently they used them for some sort of political kind of representation as well for uh, South Korea. They put them on the map. <laughs> yeah, they were at some sort of like UN meeting. It yeah, was wow. crazy. But um, yeah, I think that's all we got time for, my friend. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's a big wow. one. Over an hour. 
Nice. Yeah, it was good. That was a good one, man. Lots of cool topics. A lot. A lot. Um, interesting ones, funny ones, yep. scientific ones, uh, theoretical else. ones. And we covered it all today. And the funny ones. And, some, and the funny ones, man. You, you, got the, you got the butt explosion and I appreciate that one. <laughs> the butt explosion. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's it. We're signing off tonight, guys. Thank that's you guys it. for listening and watching. Yep. We love you as always and uh, keep watching. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. See ya. Bye.